Hello, welcome back to the podcast, a show that is focused on a whole life approach to human health, physical, mental and spiritual well-being and rediscovering what it means to be human. So today on the podcast, we have a guy called Dan Harrison. We went out into the lovely Colorcoats Bay and found a little spot and set up the cameras and recorded just over an hour's conversation. You can find this on YouTube if you want to just stop right now and just head over there. Um, you can watch the whole podcast on YouTube. So Dan, I wanted to get him on because I think he's a he's a real journalist at heart, like one of the real journalists that I would say are doing the actual like right thing in having no agenda and just asking more questions than they are pretending to have answers to. Uh, so his show is all about three thinking and how we can kind of pick apart complex ideas. So I wanted to get Dan on the podcast to really just get him under the microphone and ask him a few questions and get him to know him a little bit more. So I have been listening to his podcast for a long time. I mean, he's hosted some amazing guests, some big personalities in the world of health, from Wim Hof, Ben Greenfield, Brian McKenzie, Tim Sheaf, uh, and they're just the people that I know of. So I'm sure there are a lot more. Some great thinkers like Stephen Kotler, Bruce Lipton, Rupert Sheldrake, uh, explorers and seekers. I remember listening to one that was a guy who was cycling around the world. Uh, he had Bruce Parry on, um, talking about his, you know, his journeys in the Amazon rainforest and his time spent with tribes and Aboriginal tribes. Uh, he's also lately had amazing conversations. Uh, he's had he's had Andrew Kaufman on his podcast and Dr. Rashid Buta, 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 who knows? People who are kind of interested in getting to know the truth and looking at all different angles of a topic, not necessarily taking the proclaimed truth as gospel. Uh, and that kind of leads me on to a bit of a thing I wanted to talk about, which is truth. What is truth? What is your truth versus my truth? What is truth? They say truth with a capital T, a lower T. Uh, I love the quote that says, honour those who seek the truth and flee from those who have claimed to have found it. Mark Twain, I believe. Uh, it's It really sets, sets things up, doesn't it? Like, what is truth? People who say they've found the truth. Is it something that we can find or is it something that we are constantly working on? Is it something that we can say we know this now, but who knows what the future holds? No one really knows the truth of it. And in our conversation with, with Dan today, we actually talk about like how little we know. I think we're just two people on a journey through this crazy universe and just trying to play, paying homage to that, just letting other people know and ourselves as a quick reminder Firstly, not to take it so serious, and two, just to understand how little we know. And I think that is at the baseline of the human journey. You know, no one can claim to have found the truth or what is truth. You can have your truth for sure. And I'm not religious. I don't attach myself to any sort of doctrine. And I believe in being as free and as open every day as possible. So trying new things with an open mind and really working on that open mind, I think quite easily we get attached to things and and we create such a, a narrow perspective perspective one of, one of the most important words in the world because you are always coming from your perspective 
and I'm always trying to work on kind of opening that up and contemplating it all and all asking different questions how can I look at being creative with my approaches to look at different ways of thinking and whilst practicing and understanding the balance of the present moment and being aware of what's to come as well so um, I think truth, truth for me is it's more of a value. It is a value and being honest with my own experience. You know, I think that is the fundamental thing about what I believe truth to be. It's me being honest with my own experience. So not going against what I see, feel, hear and understand, comprehend and paying attention to what like I actually am experiencing. Uh, I wrote a post the other day on Instagram about what was it it was a uh, it was tell me what you value and I might believe you but show me your calendar and your bank statements and I'll show you what you really value which is really interesting isn't it like I can you can tell me what you value sure that's just you believing what you value but what do you really value what is your truth your truth can be what's coming out of your mouth in the moment and I'm, I'm guilty of saying things that I don't actually do. And we all wear kind of different kind of masks as well. I guess that's a different conversation. But that, that quote is really interesting because you show me your calendar, your time, where you spend your time and your bank statement because what do you spend your money on? Time and money. So what are you spending your money on? Is that really aligning with your own values? So I think if we approach that with like being true to ourselves, like let's pay attention to what we actually do with our time and money, two very real, clear things that we can look at. How am I, you know, you might not necessarily think you know yourself that well. It's a very important place to look um, because if I look at my calendar, where have I spent most of this week? I say I say I value my family, but I've spent all this week working away from them. Like, do I value my work over my family? Like, where does the line go? And I think looking at those two things can be can be game changing. There was another quote I looked at. Um, it's it's a lie can travel half around the world, while the truth is putting on its shoes. And I think we're seeing that, aren't we? We're seeing that daily now with everything on social media that is you know come to come to surface and things that just aren't true like theories and conspiracies etc some radical radical conspiracies that really catch fire uh, and travel half around the world before the truth even puts its shoes on i thought that was that quite moved me that did that quote so yes anyway we have dan on today and we discuss how spirituality, like modern day living, and paying much needed attention to how little we know, as I said, um, and how we can easily slip into the seriousness of it all. Uh, there's a quote I wanted to share just at the end. Um, it's from Mahatma Gandhi. He says, when I despair, I remember that all through history, the way of truth and love has always won. There have been tyrants and murderers, and for a little time, they can seem invincible. But in the end, they always fall. Think of it always. I think that was quite profound and something I wanted to share with you. So yes, uh, here is Dan and me, sat on some rocks in Colorcoats Bay, talking some truth. Thanks. Thank <laughs> you.
go. Let's do it. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. What a perfect location to talk some fucking truth. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was actually thinking that when when you first invited us down to do the podcast, and I, and you asked you taught us how we were going to do, be doing it in sort of a, a location that's near the coast. It's really interesting because I've in the past when I've had conversations uh, in person or even when you have a conversation with your friends and you come to a location like this, it does something to your mind. It does something to your mm-hmm. to your senses in your body where you actually sort of, you know, it's it's hard to explain, but it's I think it activates certain parts in you that maybe then like primal aspects that we don't no longer serve anymore inside yeah. ourselves. Absolutely. And it's kind of unexplainable as well. The the exact thing I'm thinking of when you say that is when I'm walking down the beach because I live literally, you know, 100 meters from the beach. And I come down and I notice the difference in probably the same person that I'd meet on the beach. If I met that person on the metro, mm. they'd be a completely different person. But the person they are on the beach when they're just like looking out, walking their dog, and they're just like, wow, you know, and they're yeah. feeling really good. And if they feel good, and when you feel good, you kind of, you are good in a way. Yeah, definitely. I had an example as well a while ago where I, I went to the Lake District and there's like sort of, I had this scenario where I had to, so when I do these long hikes and stuff, you know, for example, it's good to take a bag with your water on and stuff like that because if you don't take your water, you're sort of, and you're hiking miles away, you it's, it's you get de- dehydrated very fast, don't you? Mm-hmm. And I had this example where I had to nip back into the town centre and I went in the town centre and I was walking around all the people and I was analysing people. And people's heads were down, looking at, they weren't looking at you, they weren't speaking, no communication, like in the bubbles, running around fast as they could. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the to the start of the, tr- the hike and more people were more, a bit more, the bodies were more relaxed, they were in a, a state of where they could actually smile at you and look at you. Mm-hmm. And then as I got further and further up the top of the mountain, people were asking you, do you need a drink? Are you okay? Have you got enough stuff on you? Yeah. So it's like a met- that's like a, you can use that metaphor for life. You know, if you have somebody who is you know more doing your practices you're you're in a state of where you're not rushing around you're not you know you're not too much relying upon all these different systems that are pulling us in our lives Mm -hmm. and you can be in a state of um you know state of um flow more in your life it gives you that perspective in your mind where you can you can be a nicer person because i think at times in the monday world now this is what i'm noticing is that when you are in that state of flux all the time where you're constantly you know you're worrying about what's where to to get your paycheck from you yeah, you're not in a state of where you can you can have a have a couple of seconds to pause in your life. You you really from that position you it, it can, that the one day world can turn you into a person that's not a very nice person. Mm-hmm. And that's what yeah. I feel anyway. Too much information. Mm-hmm. Information rich and experience poor. Um the one thing I'd say is about the tube. The tube's not inherently bad in London. Mm-hmm. But I I always say I hate the person that I am on the tube. Mm. Because it does, your environment shapes almost your it's, it, it, your environment is so important in um in our nurture in our in our, in our growing up as kids, and it, it just plays such a big part in 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 kind of our I guess our out outlook and and how we how we interact with it. It's it's so fundamental. Yeah, I, th- I think as well. So just to jump in, I was going to say I think there's a there's like a primal dynamic that within society at the moment because for example, say if you on the way here you're driving in the car i know there's a subconscious process now after you're driving a car for a long time where you get used to the mechanisms and it's, you're just on autopilot driving down the road mm-hmm. but there's something that does happen there's there's this sort of um senses in our bodies that are being heightened by the monday world for example you know if you take for example you're driving to london 
and you're constantly on that fight and flight response all the time where your senses are just the heightened all the time and, and for me if you really do tune into that you start understanding that there is things that we're doing in the modern day world that aren't quite you know they aren't quite fully um what's the word I'm looking for they aren't quite you know they're not not in our best interest in, in regards to maybe some old primal senses that that are that are operating in, in, in there in the background in our minds and i think the more in our lives that we um we start to sort of you know rebalancing them senses and going back to the more primal aspects of ourselves where we're not constantly always driving around a car instead of having a conversation on the laptop you come in and sit inside the ocean we're, we're sort of going back to that place that we've always knew you know yeah i always think whenever i have a hard time like figuring something out or trying to understand something i think ancestrally where does it fit in mm -hmm. like who i've evolved who this body this biology has evolved to be like it's so radically the way we're living now is so radically removed from who how we've evolved say two hundred thousand years in this ho hominin this homo sapien species mm -hmm. how those two thousand and years w were played out to the last four thousand years mm -hmm. it's so radically removed mm -hmm. and it, especially in the last 200 years i'd say uh, but it's funny, I've heard you mention before about the uh, the car kind of, we don't really understand what that's doing to us. So imagine if you, you, you know, you're a, a postman, and you're driving all day. Um, yeah, a delivery postman, <laughs> you're driving all day. You're driving for eight hours a day. You're constantly, and there's been studies done that you're constantly in a fight of like state. Because mm -hmm. you, you, you are, you need to be. Any second could be the, 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 the bad mm -hmm. second and, and you could crash essentially. So you're always in that fight or fight state. So we don't really know what that's doing to us it's, it's interesting because you know i know that you're very similar to me because i've looked at your instagram and stuff and you're you know in this area of self-help and stuff it's everybody is in the the more that you you come across interesting people like you and mm -hmm. people all around us in, the, in this community you do start realizing that that people are looking at them fundamentals you know of like what it, what it really means to be a, like a sort of a, a true human because you know like for example, as you know, on this journey, as you start reassessing like every single area of your life from health, financial, uh, and you start, and then you, on top of that, you start putting on spirituality. But without sort of the, the basics of, you know, can you move your body correctly? Can you, can you breathe correctly? Can you, um, you know, j just mm -hmm. the, the basics anyway. And if, once you start, um, it's like the pillars of health, isn't it? Yeah, I always look at the elements, yeah. the the elements. So, like, if you want to look at health, look at, you know, earth fire mm -hmm. water is my water clean am i drinking clean yeah, water definitely. earth am i what's growing out of the ground what am i eating what's those connections those elements air is the air well yeah, around definitely. me it's kind of one of the reasons i live on the coast because the air is so much different um but yeah i think when you start to pick pick these ideas and you kind of figure out something's not right in your head maybe you share some of your own personal experience on that but for me and i would assume someone like yourself it started to kind of really well, I know you because I've listened to your podcast for many years. <laughs> but you, you start to rewind all this stuff and think, okay, let's take it back to the beginning. Like, who am I, first of all? Where have I come from? We know a lot these days. So we look back historically, like, what, what has our species experienced, etc. We can go back through history. How, how has the world got to this place? So know the past to know the future. Um, and then once you do that and you start to figure out, okay, well, this is how I've been brought up and I've experienced 20 or 30 years of my life and things haven't made sense that have actually, I've been told that this is the right way or this is what I'm supposed to do. And then you start to kind of reevaluate that and then it just blows your mind because you then start to question everything. And it's like, 
okay, if those things were wrong, if you know the shoes on my feet that I were told were, were right for my feet or this is the right way to breathe, you're supposed to do this certain, you know, when you're running or et cetera, if, 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 if that was wrong, then what else is wrong? Mm-hmm. And then when you start to reevaluate everything, you do question everything and it does open your mind up to kind of everything and that's with the bad as well and that's with the extreme. So I wonder if you could probably share some some stuff that how that's happened for you and what have you really then built yourself back up again with and how it's kind of how you've come to decipher some of that, you know, because when you do start to question everything, you, you might filter in some of the things that might not actually be good for you to filter in, you know? I mean, I think it's always a constant learning curve, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it's interesting because this is a topic that at the moment for me is, you know, for example conversations that I go to I'm talking about sometimes going to the depths of spirituality and things sure. like that and at the moment in society there's a, there's a you know we're in the middle of a quote unquote pandemic what the fuck's know? going on in the world Dan? yeah it's going crazy <laughs> but we can talk about that I don't give a fuck about censorship y- you know but there's a there's a um, at the minute there's a whole new there's a whole movement and this is something that I'm going to be speaking about over the next couple of weeks and go into more depth but there seems to be like a um, a bit of disparity between the community of self-help and spirituality and conspiracies because you know, there's, it's clear to say that there is, there's a lot of nuances with what is going on in the world. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not going to go too far into it. I feel like you want to go into it, but there's a lot of nuances, in my opinion, that's going on. There's a lot of, there's a lot of conspiracies around it. Mm-hmm. But to get to that, you know, the, the, there's, um, there's a lot of disparity in between the community because people are saying that if you're spiritual, you should think that this work's all coming from within you, and it, there's nothing. You know, if you should just be focusing on yourself, you shouldn't be focusing on sort of external forces around you. But through through my current journey at the moment, you know, it seems like I've, I'm someone who's doing the deep work, you know, I'm doing the shadow work, but at the same time, I'm still coming to face with other stuff that's around us. So just to answer your question from like a, a more, try to go back to a more basic level uh, instead of going too deep, that I think through our lives, we were constantly molding um, and trying to feel our way through what's right. You know, I think we're coming to this world and, you know, we start from, you start from day one and this you know, you're sort of a blank canvas of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to a point where, you know, the system tries to manipulate you and puts all these different filters on you and says, tries to mold you into this person. And then you've got your parents who are adding traumas on you and, and not of their fault, you know, just because they've had traumas passed down to them. And I think um, it's hard to come into this world. It's hard to like sort of try and find your way through that. So for me as a person, I'm still in the position now where I think, in me, I think in my head on five years time, we'll have it figured out. But then it's like, I get to that point and I find something else and Pandora's box is opened again mm-hmm. and I have this huge experience. So for me, I don't know if this answered your question, but I'm going on a tangent. Oh, mate, pull us, pull us back if is. not. <laughs> but basically, it's um, I'm just somebody who's always getting to a certain point thinking that I'll have it figured out and then realise I don't yeah. and then find something else. I reckon your podcast is a good reference point. Mm-hmm. Do you ever go back and listen to, you know, five years, I think you've been going for five years, 2015. It's cring- cringy. <laughs> you, you'll say the same thing when you go back to yours as well I'm cringy a week ago <laughs> yeah no it is, it is it's, it's beautiful but to, like to see the evolution you know yeah of yourself and what questions you're asking then mm-hmm. as opposed to what questions you're asking now perhaps but it's yeah as a reference point I think that that's probably an indicator do you ever have moments of um, when, you do, when you feel oh god I'm a lot further in the journey than kind of my, my brain thinks I am you know I think it's hard because you know as human beings we do sort of put ourselves down don't you I think we have this Inner critic. Yeah, inner critic all the time. I've, I've spoke about this a few times, but in my life, I've that inner critic for me is because the way I like to see it sort of times, you know, the you know the the voice inside the mind. It's 
you know, it's it's hard to decipher um, between the, the two different voices. You know, you have the um, the monkey mind versus sort of the the real in, intuition, yeah. and trying to create that sort of that um, that space in the mind where you can, you know, you can sort of push the monkey mind, not not discard the monkey mind because I think that has a purpose in society as well, sure, yeah. but just create that little bit of space in your mind where you can actually listen to the true intuition. And for me, that's been one of the biggest things on my journey at the moment because, you know, I've been going through having these sort of vast spiritual awakenings and stuff like that and having the ability to decipher between, you know, the monkey mind versus the, the real intuition. And, and obviously on top of that as well, you've got, you know, you've got the pull of society of like all these traumas and stuff like that. That's trying to pull you into certain directions and, and to try and find that space within yourself and decipher what is truth and what's not is a hard thing. And to go back to what you were saying before about how I know because your podcast is quite, I know it's not just about this, but it's quite health oriented as well because that's the foundations. Mm-hmm. When I started my first podcast, it was a, the fa- the health was the foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the um, the reason why that is is because I thought about this the other day how how the body itself is like an antenna for truth because you know if you get your foundations right, if you you know you you're moving your body correctly, you're eating eating the correct foods, you're doing the um, you know, you've got the right mindful mindfulness practices. You've got the foundations right. From that position, you know, you can't be. You can decipher that voice in your in your mind a lot better. You can decipher between the the monkey mind versus the intuition. You can decipher between, you know, maybe external forces that want to try and manipulate you to maybe eat this certain food or even take this pill or something like that. Yeah. And it gives you the power back in yourself again. Yeah, sure. I think the practice for me, like I don't really. N- n- say need but i don't really do my practice to say yoga say getting in cold water you know going for like intentional meditation jogs and i'm just concentrating on my breathing for the whole time and it's like a meditation these certain practices that bring me back to my center i don't necessarily need them when i'm walking in the woods for three days you know it doesn't really feel like i need to and it's there's there's so much going on in the world now uh, almost to yeah, real our detriment for sure. Like, should we really know what's going on uh, halfway around the world in some girl's bedroom? Probably not. Like, we don't need to know things like that. They are in our faces, you know, and being sold and and marketing and advertising really, really pulls it. Our Russell Brand talks about that a lot. Pulls it. Our like just our desires, doesn't it? Yeah, I was going to say that because. You know, um, I think it was Duncan Trussell who said this. Mm. Duncan Trussell was speaking on a podcast. Yeah, I think yeah. it was a Joe Rogan podcast. I listened to him for a, a long time. Really actually, cool yeah. guy. He has a so, he's so funny. He? But he said, he talked about how in the Monday world right now, for example, you know, you've got the news and stuff. And he says, like, you know, the meerkats. So, he's, for example, you know, the meerkats are popping their heads up mm. and down, looking all over the place. He said that people now are like meerkats because every two minutes it's like alert, alert, yeah, alert, yeah. the news. Fear, 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 fear. <laughs> Look over here. But you're right because, you know, in the past, we would have been li- human beings. I know sometimes when I speak about these things, it's the world's a vastly different place now. But it's clear to say that we, we've lost touch with a lot of balance. You know, we need to go back to, as human beings, we need to go back to something that's more in touch with what we were in the past. There's a balance to be restored. Absolutely. But um, a lot of, um, you know, it's clear to say that um, that the Monday world is shaped in a way to pull our attention. And like you said before, if we go back in the past, we would have been. You wouldn't have been aware of what was going on across uh, millions of miles away in the country. You know, you wouldn't have been worried about what sort of um, what's happening in California if someone's being shot on the head or something. You know, mm-hmm. and it, that is playing in our. Yeah. It's affecting our psychology. You can't do anything about it. Yeah, as well. like you see so much, so much uh, just unjust in the world, and and we hear about it. We can hear about it every day. You go down a rabbit 
rabbit hole with it and you can just have it all in your face no, if you want. And I, w I wonder as well, because <laughs> us as human beings, we are very empath. Em I can't see the word. Empathetic. Em yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, you know, I wonder what, what how that is affecting our psychology and, and the, way that we sh the way that we shape our lives. Because, you know, when you watch something on TV, you do you do feel sorry there's a there's a human impulse a natural human impulse that's telling you that's not quite right mm -hmm. and you know for example films are doing that now films are pulling on that psychology where the it's all about killing people and trying to like you know there's so much going on in, in the world it's like we're overstimulated in so many different areas yeah, yeah. and um and it wouldn't be surprising if if someone out there even listening and i feel i feel like this when i see someone in such a in such in, in fear you know I'm that's not surprising because look what you're consuming no, look at the information that you're, you're being kind of forced to, to read to look at um, so it's not surprising we really have to have like a yeah or do you think what's your solution when you when you I'm still do you step back do you, do you go back to nature is that is that a good tool I'm still struggling through it myself <laughs> you know I'm all honestly I really I'm still struggling through it I'm still trying to find that equilibrium from every single area mm -hmm. but for me what I've done is you know it's I don't think you can you can try and do this but I don't know if it'll I mean some people might be able to do this you can attack all areas because I definitely did attack all areas but I think if you focus on one area for example say in this immediate point in your life now you know you just need to get your money you need to get your finances right to be able to put yourself in a position where you can you can be more of a free human or for example maybe it's just for you it's just focusing on your body because for a long time for me for at least two or three or four years it was just focusing on my body yeah. and focusing on how I, how I refuel my system, how I get this, this vessel, this human vessel yeah. that I'm a, sort of a adopted for the right, um, that I'm living in for a short time, yeah. how do I get that moving f functionally and then this, then my mind starts going and then from there you start putting more and more stuff on top. Um, so it, I think it's a case of picking your battles wisely at the time, what you want to focus on and then from there you can start exploring whatever you want absolutely wherever it takes you yeah for me it is getting that body in in alignment i guess for lack mm -hmm. of a better word um cuz if the, we are embodied aren't mm -hmm. we we're embodied be beings so if you're not feeling well if you're not physically putting yourself again back to the environment in an environment that allows you, how's, allows you to thrive then your mind's not going to not going to go with it so that's always been a been key for me Hence the body mind before the mind body. No, I think it's important, but you know, other people think differently. Um, but that's what we're here to navigate it all. Just go to the edges to see where our center is. You know. No, I like that. Mm -hmm. No, I mean definitely. I mean, I think that's. You know, I think the. I, I don't know how deep you want to deep want to go on this podcast. Full on. Oh, cool. This but is <laughs> Dan Harrison takes over. <laughs> Take over. But I was going to say that you know from my journey at the moment, the position that I'm, I'm at is you know I've sort of for the last few years I've I've focused on. I focused on sort of the body and I focused on more the f the physical elements and stuff like that. But eventually, you know, it does take you to to deeper levels with inside yourself. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, I, you know, a lot of people probably listen to this now. They know what psychedelics are. They they probably experiment with psychedelics and things like that. But there is sort of a a deeper dimension to this place. You know, there's you know the body the body definitely um, leads you to that. You know, once you start working on yourself and you start you know you wh whatever whatever element is of the human body that you choose to work on. And eventually, it does lead to them to the bigger questions. Because I know, I know through your podcast, you're probably going to, you know, you, you are going to get, you are going to start. It's going to take you on a journey within yourself, and you're going to start looking at the bigger topics of life, and it'll take you on this beautiful journey. But there is, you know, the, 
it's hard, but from my journey where I'm at now is, you know, I'm constantly walking around looking at the world. Even this conversation now, I'm trying to, like, recognise the signals that's coming from you and mm-hmm. the signals from Laura watching here and everything like that. And re- and sort of um, noticing how how everything around me now is a mirror image of myself, you know, how this conversation of things that you're seeing are, are reflecting uh-huh. backwards and forwards between me. You know, even the way that Laura's mind, I can feel her I'm mind. I'm conscious that it hopes you can hear us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, but I know what you mean in terms of in, in terms of the mind, yeah. because everything's a reflection of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And how do we, if we're the same, made of the same thing of these rocks we're, mm-hmm. we're 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 sitting on, how does that fit in? Mm-hmm. What's what's am I perceiving? What yeah, are just these eyes allowing me to perceive? Mm-hmm. Um, and what's not there that I can tap into, if I raise my own vibration, I suppose. Um, but yeah, yeah, psychedelics are a, a huge a huge tool as well because more questions get answered and then more questions loom you know um i think um what was i going to say i think i think we we do definitely do live in a monophasic is it a monophasic culture where everything's just determined by the five senses that we've got mm. but then i was listening to um and i've been aware of this but i was it really put it into context while so i was listening to eastern body western mind uh, it's a book, but I think it's just the chakra system mm-hmm. and how all that comes into it. And I know you've talked a large, yeah. large portion about uh, the Kundalini awakening. I don't know if you can go into that just for my own benefit, really, because I'm, I'm like I've navigated that ground. And obviously, I teach yoga and stuff. But mm-hmm. I think the Kundalini is a. I've heard different representations for different people, different understandings for different people. Um, but yeah, maybe at, roots le- at its root level, it is the same. But the chakra system in that it takes, it's not just the five elements. There's consciousness, there's light, mm-hmm. and there's um, there's something else as well. I can't remember it. I think it might be just shadow or something. But in terms of like the element of consciousness. Yeah. Um, in terms of your spiritual journey though, like what do you, wh- how is the Kundalini awakening awakened? Yeah, I think it was in January you talked about it a lot on your podcast because um, you have your observing your thoughts episodes um yeah well what does it mean when, when, when that kind of when i say that the, the awakening of the kundalini how does it for, so for me when i had show up? yeah for when i first had that experience i didn't know what it was and i think was it through meditation um i'm not sure how it was invoked through through my experience because obviously i've experienced a lot with psychedelics so psychedelics definitely when I've done research into it, psychedelics can definitely invoke experiences like that. But for me, I think it was more that all through my journey, I have been sort of prodding at them questions anyway. So that, you know, the more that you... Because I think there's something that happens when when you the act of just looking into topics, like, say, going on a journey and looking at spirituality, reading books on consciousness and stuff like that, it sort of... I think it pokes at something inside yourself because mm. really this experience that is happening with the Kundalini awakening is from within you. It's not sort of an experience that, you know, you're not... have to attain anything. Yeah, you don't have to attain anything. This is this is sort of... This information comes from within within you. Cause just to add to that as well, I had a guy on the podcast called Anthony Peake and he said this beautiful piece. Not, I'll not go too much into it, but he goes on this... He talks about this narrative about this guy called an anthropologist called Benny Shannon who goes on this quest to find the secrets of the universe and he says that, you know, he's asking, he goes to all the best yogi teachers and stuff like that 
then eventually he gets to this point where he asks like an ice cream salesman what's the secret to the universe and the ice cream salesman turns around and says like you know you're not going to find the secrets in the bottom of the ocean you're not going to find them in on another planet because eventually bad men will get to them you know and un- un- unworthy men will find the secrets and he says only when only when sort of um the only place to, f- to hide the secrets of the universe would be to embed them within every every person and only when they're ready that's when they can find the secrets so i feel like that's what happens you know on this journey that's what the kundalini for me that's what the kundalini awakening is maybe it can be evoked by psychedelics and things like that but i think i think it's more of you going on your own internal quest and it'll activate points in your body because the way that this place works the universe it's not going to give you I don't think it's going to give you a kundalini awakening unless you've you've really like touched on the inner dimensions with inside yourself. You know you've unlocked certain areas with inside yourself, and it'll give you that that next stage in the evolution. Because that's what I feel like the kundalini awakening is to me. It's it's um, I mean you can people you can call it kundalini awakening, or you can just call it um, tuning into a higher state of awareness. Because for me, I don't. I know there's a lot of esoteric teachings talking about like labeling. This is a kundalini awakening. This is what happens. And it's clear to see that there is like a serpent element to it, you know, where the serpent comes through your body and it's linked to esoteric teachings in the past in regards to the Kundalini awakening. But I still feel like that the Kundalini awakening for me is still just a small part of of the human potential of what we can access through our own inner dimensions, if that makes if that makes sense. But to go back to the Kundalini awakening, uh, what happened for me is... is I was having these experiences which were at the time were very sort of they were unknown you know I was it was quite scary to be honest because it challenges the whole foundations of who you think you are especially when it comes to the ego that you the ego construct that you have of yourself like I'm down I have a podcast and stuff like that and or what whatever relationships you've got and or your living environments and things like that or how you've treated people in the past it's it brings all this to the surface and it, it hyper hyper focuses and hyper analyzes every single element of your life that you need to work on and become a better person and it's not just like when it comes up it's not just a case of this is it this is that it's like you you lens a reality sort of like a a kaleidoscope so you know you are a telescope whatever and you sort of zooming in a planet within inside yourself but then planets are sort of things that you need to work on so you can be hyper focused in one moment and it can be saying, you know, you've been a sort of a, a bad person here and you need to sort this la- part of your life out. But then the ego comes back in again and it takes you back out again and goes, no, I'm, I'm actually all right, I'm a good person. So it's a constant, for me, the Kundalini awakening, the best way to describe it is sort of like a kaleidoscope of your consciousness where it's, it's zooming in and zooming out to things that you need to work on and things that you need to become a better person. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's yeah, much bigger like, than that, but like that's, the that's the basics I can sort of uh-huh. see. How do you keep your ego in check? And is there moments where it kind of slips and you just you feel a bit more like your ego's in, in charge here? Yeah. Well, I think for, for me, what I've been doing a lot lately is I've been understanding that. Because, you know, there's people in the past, I remember when I first started the journey looking into the ego and things like that, and I always used to thought the... I think it's... it's a, um, the guy Chris Halliday, Ryan Halliday. Right, sorry, Ryan Halliday. Yeah, mm. he wrote the book called "The Ego Is the Enemy." I think. Yeah. But for me, I don't think that the ego is the enemy. I it think it's it can't be, can it? Really, no. because it's a part of you, and it surely, as you can't get rid of it, really, can you? Yeah, because you need it to relate to things. I guess I am this, so this is this. Mm-hmm. It serves us, right? So for me, I've I've learned uh, 
I mean, I'm still. It's always a learning process, you know. The ego always comes into place, and it um it overwhelms the system and takes you too much into one area which you shouldn't be in. But it's just a constant um, just a constant juggling act to try and tune the. Like I said before, what what does the, the true self want versus the you know the monkey mind, if you want to call it that, or whatever you want to call it, the ego or the the the, the sort of bad wolf and the good wolf, whatever name you want to put in it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's about you know merging the. I think the tr- to find the true self to create that you know that I know this sounds sticky the ultimate human or the ultimate the ultimate version of you. I think it's about merging the the ego with the true self. That's that's what I feel, and I think when you get them two in a line. And I mean, I'm still on a journey to try and find that and do that. Is that I think that's when you can be the optimal human, you know, where you actually are doing things from a, you know, from a place of love instead of like a place of fear. Um, that's what I say, really. Yeah, I think <laughs> love. Explain. I think the love <coughs> is is the true self. Mm-hmm. It wants love. It 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 needs love to 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 live. I believe, especially in our early years. So, it is a representation of love. Um, so I think the true self is certainly love. <laughs> <laughs> I, think uh, I think as well, though, there's, there's, there is a, um, especially w- with my life as well, I think there is a importance just to go at more fit, more practical levels so people can understand. Like the, I think the ego self is required in the physical, you know, because we're living these physical lives for a reason. And I think um, I think it was like, um, who was it again? Was that Alan Watts says, that's why he says that's why these Buddhist teachers don't get anything ever done because they they've got no ego. That's why they don't do anything. That's why they just sit in the cave all day. Because mm-hmm. I think there is an important element, you know, to be, to to have an ego in the modern day world, especially in my opinion as well. What's you know what I feel what's coming now in the world, like some things that not to go too conspiratorial, but I think there is some things that are you can go conspiratorial. Well, I, I think that especially that I think there's a. There's a big player that's playing out in the world now in terms of like the medical system. I think you know they don't. For example, you have people like me and you who are taking our powers back, and we're, you know, we're, we're looking at alternative ways of living. Where, um, especially when it comes to health, we're, we're taking all them different powers back that in the past or in the future, the way they want want to take it is going to be try to be reliant upon a system that's outside of ourselves, mm-hmm. and we're constantly. Um, Giving your power away. Giving our power away. Absolutely. We're yeah. working towards taking as much power as we can back in uh-huh. our own lives. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think that is a it's a huge thing. You can't really debate. Like, people want to be fixed. They want to be told what to do. And uh, you're giving your power away because you've got everything you need I- inside of you. But that is kind of a also a metaphor for the modern day almost. Definitely the Western world, how we've kind of, how, how where, we, where we're at anyway. Mm-hmm. Um how much do you think the ego is playing a part in this, um, in what we've seen, the people who are in power, the, you know, the, the people who are making the decisions? How much do you think the ego is playing a big a part in decision-making, I guess? Mm-hmm. I, think it's a, I think it's a huge part, but I think the, the bigger element, really, and this, this is to go like really deep, <coughs> I think there's a huge element of the shadow that's playing out within, yeah. within the leaders, within the world. And, I mean, this... Trying to, I don't know how deep to go, you know, but you I can feel go as deep as you want, mate. We, so the shadow, I think, is 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 probably the most important conversation that we can have in our modern day, because no, to do these, to do to do have the journey, the the spiritual journey, is to understand your shadow. Everyone's got equal amount of light and equal amount of dark within them, and if you're not in check with your shadow, then it, it, you're not balanced. You 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 can't understand 
where you're kind of falling out of sync, I guess, falling out of balance. Um, and if your shadow is taking over and ruling the day, then um, it's uh, well, it, it's happening. We're, we're not in relationship with our shadow. Um, and why do you think that is, first of all? Why do you think why do you think the shadow is in control of a lot of people, say, or, or just playing out? I think just because people haven't really faced it, you know, that's the that's the reason why. Because, <coughs> you know, I think the shadow in our lives is working through us unconsciously at all moments. You know, even in our dreams, it's coming up through in our for our dreams and stuff. Mm. And we haven't been given the context as a young person in this world to understand how to navigate that plane. You know, it's this <coughs> when you when when we come into this world, you grow up in the world and you think it's just a physical existence. But you know, but there's you know, ancient cultures in the past always understood and knew this importance that there's this place is not just a physical emergence. It's a it's a blend of the two. It's a metaphysical and a physical um, place that we're in. And if we haven't got the skills, the shadow is gonna is gonna be coming through in, a, in your daily life. It's gonna bleed into relationships and how you treat people. It's gonna interact how you how even how you um, organize your businesses and do you treat people with respect? Mm -hmm. Do you just treat them as a sort of a an employee instead of actually a human being? So this is bleeding out. The shadow is bleeding out in all areas of our lives. But to go a little bit deeper, to go back before you were saying before, so like to actually go really deep, I feel like, because through the Kundalini Awakening, what I've learned over the last few years is that this whole place that we're in is a cleansing of the soul. So, for example, we're going through, we're, we're discovering different elements of ourselves of, of where the shadow is, is leaking out and it's controlling certain about certain lives and it's, we're trying to like sort of find that equilibrium again and create the balance of you know become a better person how do you treat this person but i feel like there's also um like graham hancock talks about this how he says that eventually when our life is done in this in this sort of this small period that you are a human you incarnate in a human form that you will sort of be judged on everything that you've done in your life you'll be judged on how you treat people and I think that there is, there is to go deep. I think there is people in this in this world who has done a lot of bad, mm -hmm. and they know they've done a lot of bad. And I think if you face, if you do have to, if you do go down the tr the trail where you do face your shadow, and I know how I've how I've faced my shadow, and many different elements. And I thought I was a really good person, mm -hmm. and I've faced a lot of elements. It goes so deep that you get a, a arse kicking. And I think that some people who are in control, they are going to get an arse kicking. And that's what they're scared to face. So that's yeah. why they're just doing anything anything in the power now to try and take this through a week completely away in the other direction of this. Interesting. What? Let's take it physical. Let's remove everything that we can't see, touch and feel. Because I want to relate that to morality and where that comes in and where you think our shadow, because some people would just call that morality and what we deem what is moral and what is immoral and that's almost man-made would you say or do you say there's something more at play could you describe that a bit more so i guess yeah it was, it was an awful question um so morality i guess a lot of people would say what's moral you know there's no good or bad thinking makes it so it's our own um it's it it's our own it's our own creation i guess we we deem what's good and bad you know, through society, through probably religions played a big part mm. in that in in, in in past times in creating like what is good and what is bad. Obviously, you can take it to, you know, we can all kind of know what is what is good and what is. But they, it kind of la interlaps over, I guess, 
not making the question any easier. <laughs> but what do you what what would you say? It, where does morality come in? And where does what you were saying before about um, the kind of shadow? Where does that kind of overlap? I guess. I think I know what you're trying to say, but for for me in my life, I think um, I think sometimes these terms <coughs> can you know can overcomplicate things. I think if you just more say it is what does the true self want versus <coughs> versus maybe what 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 the what the world's trying to dictate to us once. Because mm. I think if you just focus on what you truly want and you connect to them deeper levels of inside yourself of you want to become a better person. That the patterns that are trying to, the forces out there that are trying to dictate us in other ways, no longer they just fall off. They no longer, mm. they no longer serve that serve that old self. So I think you can. I, I guess know, I guess some people are trying to accumulate things, you know, wealth, success, other people's validation, to to feed their own self, and they think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, they think that uh, I'll take 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 to feed my own thing because then I can provide for my family and that's all that matters, you yeah. know. But morally, taking from other people and, uh, and, and, and attacking life in that way is probably morally not right, you know. No, because I think, I think fundamentally, everyone in life wants to be, wants, we all want the same things, you know. Mm. You, you learn that very fast if you go if you travel around the world and you meet certain types of people. Mm -hmm. <coughs> you discover that they're just like me. They just want to, like, have a house. They want to have a family. They want to make sure they've got food on the table and I think what's, what's sticky the world that we're in now is that we get to this point where as a human being you c we get them things and if you're somebody who is not if you're not easy to serve you know and you you know you want a bit more than that that's in my opinion that's when the world starts getting a bit bit tricky because to get to them things you've got to sort of step on other people to get to them things mm -hmm. and um I just feel like the more you, you make yourself easy to serve in your life, the more that you are going to you're going to connect to the the true essence of what it is to to be a, to be a human basically. Mm -hmm. I also want to mention have you heard of the concept the boogeyman? Uh, yeah. Have you you know when the in the in certain tribes when they let the the shadow play out in mm -hmm. someone? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, I've, I've talked on a podcast before, so I don't need to go into it too much. But yeah, the concept of the boogeyman. I thought you were going to say the boogeyman in terms of the, the sort of the, the, the UK based boogeyman who comes. Oh no, who's comes this guy? If you've been if you've been too naughty at night, he comes and gets you. Oh no, 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 no. So the boogeyman actually originally, obviously, I didn't know this to about a month ago. My, my, my mate told me yeah, that in, in in some tribes, I don't know if it still happens, but certainly um, in the past. As a way to represent the shadow, they let one person, and it's a real honor to get this kind of almost prize to, within I don't know, a certain period of time, maybe it's a year, play out all the darkness and all the shadows. You know, you get to, you can do what you want, essentially. All these kind of like things that are coming up, then just let it play out. If you want to hurt someone, hurt them. If you want to, you know, sleep with someone, sleep with someone, whatever. And they let it play out. And in the end of the year, hold it, the period of time, then they sacrifice this person in a way to kind of capture all darkness as a practice, I guess. And that happens, that's happened in the, in the past. It's, it's mad really, when you think about it, but it's, it also makes a lot of sense in that they're, they're in relation with the shadow. They're aware of it. They're aware of these kind of pulls in, in certain ways. Um, and the c accumulation one can get from, um, you know, <sighs> to taking too much of something, doing too much of this, too much of that. 
So yeah, I think that's a really interesting concept to take it back to kind of like the shadow side. I think there's there's an argument as well that mm-hmm. I've heard many times by shamans and stuff like that that <coughs> that there's an aspect where you should be honouring the like you said you should honour honour the shadow with inside yourself. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but I don't I don't know because I'm, it's, it's a concept that I'm still playing with in my head now. Should you honour that, that shadow aspect yourself because I feel like. I know how hard it is. I know how deep the shadow goes within the human consciousness. I know how much it's overruling so many different actions in our lives. We, we we have relationships with people, the way that we talk to people, the way that we do everything in our lives. It is it is bleeding through so much. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know if we should... I don't know if, this, if we should honour that shadow aspect within ourselves. I don't know. Not until Not until maybe we... We can we can fully understand what it is, because mm-hmm. um, I and then, then there's the other side of myself where I've heard, um, you know, shamans for example, they'll have like a, an, an an ayahuasca experience, and they'll, you know, they'll be doing all this deep profound work where they're working on people and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden there was an example a guy who on the podcast who told the story about how the shaman turned around and said they were doing all this deep work, and then everyone was so like the. You know, you could cut the tension with a knife. It was so, like, the work was so deep. And then he just turns around and he says, right, let's crack open the beers and let's, like, get out the whores, you know what I mean? So, and... What? Yeah, so basically, you know, he was trying to... So I think there's a... With the shadow, there's there's a there's an element of where you can honour the shadow, but I think it's... Don't let it... it if you do to choose to sort of honour your shadow, um, I think you have to try and... Um, Maybe tap into more the play aspect of things, like use the the shadow as an aspect of not take life so seriously. And if you're doing a sh- sh- an ayahuasca ceremony, you know, just remember that this place is a game. You know, it's a um, don't take like Alan Watts always says that man and woman take seriously what the gods made for fun. There is a play element to this whole thing that we do need to not take seriously. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, trying to find that balance for me at the moment is one that I'm still trying to navigate. So for me to say that. Yes, we should honour our shadow. I'm not too sure because I'm still working on it myself. I'm trying yeah. to find that balance within my life. Should we go too far one way or not? I think it's just a constant motion that you mo- it's yeah, moving sure. all the time. And I think the byproduct of that is like seriousness mm-hmm. and how serious yeah, how serious you take things. Because I often, since I've been kind of delving deeper, often get on this serious kind of head, especially when I care about it so much and other people don't seem to. And then I start oh, to yeah, become definitely. so so serious about it. And I'm like, good God, who am I? Like the best way to give someone some information is probably to make them laugh, to feel comfortable. No, definitely. Yeah, I'm going so serious at it. That's why I think comedy comedy in the world so and humour is so powerful. You know, I think yeah. that is a true... It's the last standing public mode of public speaking there is almost. And I, in you my, can in say in what you want. In my life as well, I've had really had to try and... You know, I've co- had to cultivate that because I was going too far when mm. I was looking at all these diff- deep esoteric topics. It can get very serious, you know, in the spirituality community. Yeah. It can be like, this is so serious, this. But the more you sort of, you know, just have a laugh at, laugh in certain moments, you know, you realise that, like, because when you start laughing more, you can start, la- when you start laughing more at um, the deeper concept, you can start laughing more at the sort of the, the challenging things in life. So, for example, if you... Mm. You know, if you're in a stressful situation in your life, you can try and cr- use the, the the understanding that you have that this is um, not to take it so seriously. Um, that y- it can it can help you navigate that plane of where in the past you would have been 
you know, because when bad things happen in your life, they can take you into, into, a, into a sort of dark place of inside yourself, and you start beating yourself up. But if you realise that, just you know, it's it's just a passing thing. It's just a it's just something that's just a happening that's happening in the universe. And try and laugh at these moments, and you can mm-hmm. they can they can make them moments a lot easier to digest with inside yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you have <coughs> to do that because at the end of the day, no one knows what the fuck's going on. Yeah, definitely. You just don't know. 100%. You can't pretend to know. The more I know, the less I know, right? Oh, definitely. So you you, you can't take it seriously because you just don't really know. Even even as you we were saying that, I was like, well, it, it is almost so. We do need to take it seriously. We do because. It's so important that the world goes in a better direction. I want th- we would like this to happen. Like it would be better if the world went in this direction. This didn't happen. So we've got to fight till the death to like do it. And you're, and you're like, well, actually, I don't really know the whole existence and why it's here. So mm. let's just not take it so seriously. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Ruin my life, my infinite, my finite amount of time. It's here. interesting because there is a balance to that because you know we're sitting here now doing a conversation that we know ultimately is going to help people. So there is an element of within me and you now. Yeah, yeah. That sure. is driving us. I think this is helping them more than anything. Saying no, don't take it seriously. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it's just like a constant. Everything in life's a <coughs> a constant polarity. You know. It is. Yeah, we live um, in a du- dualism. And it, that goes for as well, for example, you can take any topic when, you know what it's like, you, you take a, just take, for example, you know, um, a certain topic where you, you have, you have, you're dogmatic about that certain topic, whether it's, um, whatever that topic, whether it's health, you know, you're dogmatic how you train your body, you're dogmatic how human beings should be eating this type of food. When you start putting yourself too much in the boxes, it leaves you no, like, removability to be able to, um, you know, change who you are as a person. You know, because, for example, in the past, I used to train a certain one way in, like, my body, exercise my body in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I left no uh, removable, uh, no movability um, to, to add new things to my toolbox. And that, that you can use, you could use, for example, you know, the topic of veganism for that, stuff like that. If you, used, if you say that, no, I'll never, ever eat meat again, then it doesn't give you any room to, to expand your horizons and your mind to become a, to become a different yeah. person. Yeah. So the more that you put yourself, you know, because, for example, the Monday world trying to put us in these boxes and then you come into spirituality and self-help and stuff like that and then you end up creating yourself another box anyway and you're stuck in another box. Yeah. I try not to define myself too yeah. easily. Definitely. I think people do define themselves. And you don't, like, me and my partner, we always say, like, we don't know, the person I met is so different. Mm-hmm. Like if I met that person right now, we wouldn't have a connection. Like yeah, definitely. We're radically different, and in five years we're going to be different. So it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 forever changing, constantly changing. So what do you what do you say when people ask you what you do? Because <laughs> I love that question <laughs> at a barbecue, and you're like, so what do you do? And I'm like, for fun, <laughs> <laughs> get in the sea every day. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually I was I was actually speaking about this the other day, and I said. Because when people do, there's a, there's a sort of a nuance in society to, to justify your means by, like, sort of what you do for money, you know? Because mm. that's what that question's really about. It's, yeah, it's like, what do you do for money? Then I can take you seriously. <coughs> yeah, then I can take <laughs> you seriously, exactly. Then I can judge you, you know, on, on what type of person you are and how I'm going to yeah. talk you and things like that. But, you know, for example, I've had a lot of people say that to me. And I just turn around and say, what for fun? Because, you know, we don't really go around and ask people what you do for fun. Yeah, what like, makes are, you laugh? Or, or are you happy? Yeah. Um, so it, it is. It is. A, it is a. It is one of them questions where, and I know it's coming from a place of that question for a lot of people is just coming from a place of that's what you do. You know, you're getting these patterns yeah, of when you a, meet somebody, you say, "What do you do?" 
but we don't really question them patterns and if you and if them patterns are left unchecked it can go it can lead to other stuff in our lives yeah it takes courage as well to just break the pattern mm -hmm. and not start to ask people what what hey how you doing what makes you laugh like yeah, are, you are you happy in your life what's going on um and yeah, it takes courage because you don't want to be the first person on the dance floor, do you? Yeah, definitely. No, definitely. <laughs> but, for, but, but for me, if someone, if I, to answer that question seriously, I would just say that <coughs> I don't know what I do, you know. I don't know what anyone's doing. You know, we're just we're all doing something, <laughs> but I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I would say to that. Yeah, yeah, amazing. <coughs> what does the future hold, Dan? I really want to get your insight into the future. Where do you see us going? Because I was listening to uh, Mickey Willis the other day talk about the future mm. and yeah the future of our, our society just in england maybe where do you see england in in 20 years 30 years 50 years that's uh, a, a massive question that what's going to happen it is in it <coughs> perhaps in terms of I, I, mean, take, I could take that many different <laughs> angles <laughs> i know it's an unfair question um but I suppose I wanted that response. Really. I can try and break it down if you want. A few different angles. Go I'm, for not, it. I'm not scared to attack anything, so um, I can talk about anything. Uh, well, we're going in the sea after this. So, <laughs> so time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a very long answer then. <laughs> um, trying to think how to do this. Well, I think from more of a physical sense, I think that there's there's a lot of positivity there's definitely a lot of posit positivity people like ourselves who are mm -hmm. looking at alternative solutions to to become you know a more aligned human in terms of maybe p people now are more people now are starting to look at where um alternative types of living that's a more sustainable sustainable people are looking into growing their own foods and stuff like that and that's definitely something that, that i've been looking into in the future um yeah they're not subscribing to yeah to definitely to, to what have made I'm going to say it, largely our parents unfulfilled. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, definitely. But then on the other side of things, there seems to be a a pull as well from old systems that are dying in the world are, tr are trying to hold on and they're trying to create mm. different systems to make more people re reliant. For example, you know the the virus that's going on in the world now. I definitely think that this is going there's going to be a reaction from that from a lot of people and people who are in power to try and undo the work that we've been doing for uh, the last five six years you know you know people in this community now are have been taking the power back for a long time it seems to be that a switch at the moment has been put on hold to try and sort of un, un, uh, choking, uh, un, unravel sort of the work that we've done so far to get to to the position that we're in choking, i need to drink unravel the words <coughs> Normally have some water. I might drink some of that sea, I've sea got, water. I've got some water over there. Have you? It's just in a flask. <coughs> it's in a. It might be in my bag. <coughs> but in, in terms of in terms of like where the world could go, you know, I think there's a there's there's multiple things. You know, I've read books in the past, like um, you know, about artificial intelligence and technology and stuff like that. And it's clear to see that the world is the enmeshment <coughs> of humans and uh, humans and tech. I think it feels like it's already here. You know. It's already here to some degree. Uh, I've just I've been watching an amazing <laughs> Netflix. And I rarely watch series. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not that kind of guy. For now, I feel like I've got a lot I want to like pay attention to. So, but someone recommended me, and it, you know, when they look you in the eye and you go, "You gotta watch this. This is this is insane. This is really good." It's a German Netflix documentary, not documentary. Uh, it's a series called <laughs> called uh, Dark. 
Have you heard about it? I think I have. I think so. Yeah, they like ad-libbed, ad-libbed it into English, which makes it more interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's about three dimensions and black holes. So there's a black hole in this town called Willow or something like that, next to a big power station. I've just watched the first season. It's 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 yeah, it's worth a watch, but only if you've got the time because it will eat it up. Um, I always think I'm just going to watch series when I'm ill or you know old yeah because <laughs> it just consumes your time um so yeah but it's, it's fascinating can't remember why i started talking about it but um yeah it's, well i suppose it's about the future's out these and it's in 33 year cycles so in 33 years the the universe essentially that's kind of a a cycle you know it's all back to not every year the planets don't align but every 33 years so years not a year but it's uh, the past present and future in this wormhole and you can you can go to each one of them 33 mm. years, 1956, 1986, 1953, 1986, and 2019. But it's fascinating. But definitely to add as well, before I needed that, I was choking that I needed a yeah, drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were you <coughs> saying? I, I do think as well, to go a bit deeper, um, you know, we've, we t- spoke a bit about the Kundalini Awakening and the stuff. And I was talking in the middle of the podcast how there is sort of a, you know, there's an innate intuition that's, that's um, flown through all of us now you know through through the whole human experience in ancient cultures in the past understood that there was these bigger cycles you know that bigger cycles of consciousness that are affecting humanity at all times just like you have seasons in life like you have the four seasons <coughs> there's also seasons that are permeating the whole of the universe and that are affecting the way that you uh, live your life the way that you treat people and stuff like that because to think that consciousness is just sort of a, a phenomenon that's working just in my body and that's it maybe i mean it might be the case i'm open to that as well but it might not be it might be something a case where you know the consciousness that's in me is also affected affects affects you and how you live your life affects me and it has a whole sort of a like a sort of a cycle knock-on effect and it seems to be that there is cycles that are affecting humanity you know it's clear to see you look at the work of graham hancock and people like this they they talk about these vast cycles of time that that do affect the way that people live their lives. And the evidence is clearly there to see if you look back at the Egyptian cultures and you look back at all the different periods in time all the way that we are now. There seems to be that humanity gets to this point where they yeah. awaken their senses, then they forget again, and then they go through this period of remembering. And we're getting to this point now where technologies come along and we're remembering who we are. But it seems to be that there's a sort of a... There's a bit of a sort of a, a dance to get to that point, you know, where... Um, so, so at the minute now, you know, like we said before, there's a lot of people who are waking up, but then there's a lot of people who are still stuck in these old paradigms. And it seems to be there's this sort of a, a flux at the moment where humanity is at the sort of this forking point where we do get a choice in the future, where we can make good decisions. You know, we can start uh, creating a deeper connection to the land. You can start taking back your power in certain areas of your life. But then at the same time, there's, like I said before, there's external forces who, in my opinion, are trying to uh, pull us away from that, you know, and take us back to maybe a system that, a more futuristic system that's reliant upon, you know, like, um, sort of a, what's the word, like a technocrat, you know, like a mm-hmm. like a technology system that's, that tells you how to eat your food and tells you what pills. Autonomous. Yeah, it's like yeah, autonomous yeah, yeah. system. So it, yeah. at the minute, there seems to be like a, there's a, a, a huge pull where you're going to get so many people in the future who are going to be living on uh, living on off-grid and stuff like that. Maybe people who are just more sort of dependent upon the systems within inside themselves instead yeah. of outside themselves. Yeah. And I think for me at the moment there's a there's a big dance. It seems to be there's a. 
you know, I, I know in your own personal life, the things that I've seen your Instagram, you're fighting for that in your personal life. I'm fighting for it in mine. And I think the future, you might see in the future where we'll have a splitting of that. You know, you might have might have groups of people who are, who are more self-sustainable and you might have people who are, you know, living in sort of this, this artificial world that's, that's sort of pulling your senses all over the place. I don't know. I don't know if what's the right thing and what's not. Because, yeah, like you said, sure. everything's just life's just happening as it is, isn't it? So who knows what's right? It really is. But that's what I'm saying. We've got to get back to what we said in the podcast. You've got to try and tune into to what's right for you, not right. What not what someone else is trying to dictate to you. What do you feel inside of you? Yeah. How do you want to live your life? I think feeling feeling is is massive. It's something I've been trying to tune into a lot. Like, what do I feel? Because I often say, and again, it's a habit. What do I think? Oh, what, what do you think, Chris? Like in this situation, what do you think? Well, what do I feel? And I, I ask people now, like, what do you feel? Do you feel this is, mm. this is right? Like this even think something is wearing a mask. Do you, do you feel that's yeah. right? Yeah. Do you feel okay with that? You know that, you know what, what's, you know what the information, what, what's out there. How does that make you feel when you watch Boris? How does, how does he make you feel? Yeah, definitely. And if, if you, I, I it's it's hard for people because they don't almost they're going against what they feel, and I think there again just provokes the disconnect between themselves. They detach from what they feel, and then it leaves them feeling not good. No, definitely because so there's a there's a big difference. There's a there. huge because there's a huge disconnect. That's why between people and the self. That's why you know people are are reliant upon someone else to give you information instead of you feeling. You know, instead of you just connecting to that deeper essence within inside yourself you don't when you do connect to that that true essence within you you don't require Boris Johnson or any other president around the to world tell what to, do. to tell you what to do you you feel it from within you because I think there's this I think there's this notion in society that um, I think Bruce Parry talked about this a while ago when I spoke to Bruce Parry but he said that there's this notion in society that if human beings don't have external forces that control them in their lives They'll run around killing people and being that's crazy. That's the narrative, isn't it, of what people think who are in power? Yeah, definitely. Which is not the case. Yeah, it's not. I think if Charles Eisenstein talked about that as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely he did. And um, I think that you know people inherently do want to do good, and I th- and people will, you know, people we we do have self-organizing systems within inside of ourselves that are navigating our realities at all times. You know, what I mean, this whole this whole reality is, is not so fixed, you know I mean? This whole place is built on beliefs, you know, the money's, money's a belief system. Um, yeah, it's uh, a shared idea. Yeah, yeah, it's a shared idea, and I think human beings have, this this point in time that we're on this planet now is such a small, such a small period in time, and we think that we're, that we're at this sort of pivotal point, you know, we have these mobile phones, we have all these technology, and we're using technology now, probably which is great. Felt, they've always felt that way, probably. Yeah, of course. And <laughs> we're always on the brink of something, we're always like, yeah, definitely. At the, at the, f- the moment where it all goes wrong, or, or, or we just yeah, I think I think at times we like to try and um, sort of navigate our reality by by the by the only the means that we can see see where we're at in our lives now because you know we can only just we think we're at the best period in our time now because this is the way it is, but we don't create that perspective in our lives to take a step back and actually analyze everything from a, a bigger picture. Like f- something that I do in my life, I try to do a lot of times because you know things around you can, they can sweep you away. You know you can think like I've got this, I've got this amount of money, or I've, you know I'm, I'm I've got the perfect life. But if you have, if you try and create like a, an astronaut perspective in your mind, where you imagine if you were looking at the planet, whether you believe it's flat or round, whatever. But you just look, take take yourself away and look at the planet. Um, 
and you do that in your own life and look at how things are playing out, you can start thinking, like, well, maybe I need to do this here. I might need to do that here. I might need to do that there. And that's what I feel here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you're terrorising me because you're shivering. No, I mean, I'm cold. <laughs> I'm cold. Well, we can wrap it up there, mate. It's good. Maybe really? one final question. What right. are you most excited about right now? <sighs> I know the answer, I think. <laughs> Maybe give you a bit of a different answer. Go for it. I'm excited how how much, how much, many people around the world are actually waking up. Because I notice this in my, in my own daily interactions with my family members and stuff like that. Because... Like, my period of my life now where I've, I've had to sort of went through a period where I've been reassessing a lot of stuff in my life and I've had to go back and live back at home with my mum with my mother for people who don't call them mum in different parts of the world <coughs> and um, even just the interactions with my family members in the past who wouldn't be quite looking into health they wouldn't be looking into spirituality or, or alternative co- uh, topics are now slowly um, there's a huge emergence within people now that's bubbling people are, tr- are trying to, are doing the work you know people are looking at alternative topics people are questioning the narrative that people are telling us and stuff like that you know you you start a podcast other people are starting a podcast mm-hmm. um, people yeah. are just having intelligent conversations like you said you're going out I've seen you on your Instagram you're riding down on your bike jumping in the ocean you know to me that's positive you know people are doing are not sticking to the norm you know they're trying different alternative stuff they're being inspired by everyone around us so I think this that's why I'm going to say this this that's what I'm most excited about is that people are are connecting back to that true spirit you know that's in us all yeah and what yeah just jump on that the fact that people like ourselves and many of my friends go back to their families and honest honestly talk about the things they're experiencing mm-hmm. and it's in it does spark something inside because it's inherent in us all yeah definitely you know that connection to to to, to truth i guess in a little bit more simpler term but yeah all good mate sweet really thanks cool. very much really cool thank you so much for inviting us on really cool absolutely really pleasure cool. mate thanks thank you very much for tuning in i hope you enjoyed the conversation please head over to my instagram shoot me a message should you feel called to and uh, perhaps you're new and you wanted to just say hey or tell me something that you didn't actually agree with tell me something that perhaps you know sparked something inside of you i don't know just let me know let me know that someone's enjoying the content and uh, it will inspire me to put out more okay thank you very much and peace